Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That is what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. Sometimes a singer just grabs your gut and heart, and that's exactly what Autumn Sky Hall does for me. I encountered her music online and instantly knew that I wanted to have her here for Song of the Soul. Autumn is a generous generation younger than me, and yet she matches the talents of absolutely the best folk and Americana performers I've experienced in my nearly seven decades of life, in her singing, in her folk guitar, and in the passion she pours through her songwriting. Thanks to Andrew Jansen for production assistance today. You can hopefully tell that I'm very excited to have Autumn Sky Hall joining us today from Sacramento via Zoom. Autumn, it's absolutely wonderful to have you here today for Song of the Soul. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Here for you, of course, is Sacramento, and I'm in Wisconsin. And I understand that at one point you even lived in Wisconsin for nine months. Tell me about those most glorious nine months of your life. It was really beautiful. We lived in the middle of nowhere in a town called Comstock, I think. We were on like 14 acres of forest and my dad was building this house by himself. He did pretty good, but we just weren't used to the area. We had it properly planned ahead for the winter. You basically just had to like chop a bunch of firewood to like have a big enough resource for the winter when you can't like go run and grab some at the store. I think one of the most early blizzards y'all had ever had, like really early in the fall, had just been announced and my parents were like, "Uh oh, we are not prepared. (laughs) Seven kids in the wilderness in Wisconsin, nothing is done. And we hadn't meant to be there in the first place. It wasn't like a planned out thing. We were moving to Kansas, and the town that we were going to move to got raised by a tornado. (laughs) Your life sounds entirely too exciting. (laughs) It's way too exciting. I agree. (laughs) So we were in Wisconsin for a little. It was absolutely magical. And then we moved back to California because we didn't have firewood. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's talk about Autumn Sky and... The music that you've been doing. So what's the first performance you can ever remember doing, standing up in front of people singing? Oh, you know what it was, is I was tiny and nerdy, and I basically just sing Christmas carols with my families all the time, and that was my favorite thing to do, and they give me like a little Fisher Price thing, and I just like walk around with it 24-7, yodeling my heart out. And I was really into opera when I was like, younger elementary school and my mom would take me to this jazz bar type restaurant and the person would take requests and my mom asked him to play Danny Boy one time 
And she was like, oh, I'm seeing Danny Boy. Play Danny Boy. And I was like, no, 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 no. And she's like, do it, do it, do it. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and he was like, okay, I'm doing it. And I was like, <laughs> and I, I was very timid, but I really loved singing Danny Boy. So it was fine. And I had a good time. And it was nice and cute. And people either felt bad for me or were kind of endeared by my sweetness and that they all clapped and that was cool. Well, I could see where the sweetness, you're probably, you're so sweet that I think you're pretty sure you're, you cause tooth decay. <laughs> but about how old would you have been at that point, do you think? Like nine or 10? Yeah. Well, you probably went into full-time performing music two years later, right? Yeah. I started singing when I was really young and I, I would make up songs when my parents would be like, hey, go do this chore or whatever, or go do your homework and I would sing or hum and make up things every time I do it. And my mom was like, hey, I kind of like those. And like, you know, you're like making up lyrics for it when you do it. So you should write them down. And she gave me like a box and I started writing down all my songs when I was like three or four. And I have it still and like every couple of years i'd like redo my list of all the songs i was like well here's the master list from like 1992 and here's the master list from like 2001 and like i still i do not still use it because there's not room and it would be too many songs to go through but that was the jump start that got me <laughs> really just like in the groove of it and you also mentioned autumn that you're one of six seven kids whatever it is for U.S. families these days, that's a big number. It's enormous. Well, I come from a family of 12. <gasps> Yay! Oh, my God. What number are you? <laughs> well, I'm either four or two, depending on which grouping, because I have step-siblings and everything, too. Where are you in your group? I'm the first one. Oh, you're number one. You're number one. Everyone's like kind of young still. My youngest sibling is turning 20 this year and it's like <laughs> a lot. It's a lot to process. <laughs> I'm very happy for her. She's really cool and she's very talented, but it's it's just like so strange to me. I'm like, you're a baby. And she's like, I'm not an I'm adult. And I'm like, okay, but you're a baby. So. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got these songs from the time you're three or whatever. How far back can you go to a song that you think sharing in front of a group of people now would be a good thing? I think I have played one of the older songs. It's the, I have more than one feeling in my heart. And it's like sadness, madness, sometimes gladness, more than one feeling in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. When did you pick up the guitar? At around 14, 15. I bought a like a really cheap Yamaha just from I think a Walmart. <laughs> and like 14, 15 is like when I really started playing it a lot more. And I finally got my Taylor guitar when I was like 17 or 18 because I got hired to be the music leader at a camp that I was counseling at. My Yamaha got stolen out of the back of my car like the day before I was supposed to go. So my mom had like a couple of guitars that she's like, she collects like really pretty acoustic guitars. And she was like, I'll give you my Taylor, dot, 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 if you pay me. <laughs> and I was like, mm, okay. So I just like paid my mom on loan for like ages. It's very worth it. I love Mark Taylor. So you were doing it at this camp. I'm still, I'm getting the idea of a completely erratic music career here. Whether it's Christmas or opera or camp, 
So what kind of stuff are you doing at camp? Like sing around the campfire, like children's camp songs, basically. Honestly, I miss camp. I think about it all the time. Like I kind of want to like start a camp that's more for like songwriters that are adults. (laughs) I would definitely call your folk style folk Americana. I've heard you in videos refer to it that way. Mm -hmm. Is this an inheritance from your parents? Did you pick it up from someone? Was it... Maybe at camp you learned it. How did this become Autumn Sky? I got started listening to folk music through both my mom and my dad. So my dad's favorite singer-songwriter is Cat Stevens. We listened to nonstop Cat Stevens when I was growing up. And he's, oh, when you actually hear his narrative songwriting, it's so emotionally effective and so emotionally compromising (laughs) that you literally cannot stop thinking about it. You're like, I'm being haunted by a Cat Stevens song, and every time I think about it, I cry. (laughs) And that got me into folk from that angle, definitely. And then my mom was, like, huge into Tracy Chapman and Natalie Merchant and Patty Griffith and stuff like that. Just, like, lots of, like, beautiful... uh, And Owen and Shade from the 80s, 90s, just, like, beautiful, 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 like, super, super talented, like, really lovely, lyrically gifted songwriters. And then my momo, my grandma, really into 90s country. Like, I'd always be in the car with her, and she'd be listening to The Chicks, and she'd be listening to Faith Hill, and it kind of just, like, was always around. I kind of like it more... Now, it's gone in such a cool vein. It's more inclusive and diverse than it's ever been before. And you see a lot more folks open up the world to folks that are more traditionally roots and blues-based. You see, like, a lot more Black folks that were traditionally, like, kind of more siphoned off to the jazz area, kind of, like, welcome back in. Which is cool because it kind of started in the first place anyway. I really love playing this music and it it may be kind of a niche, but I really love this niche. And also I can't read anything else. (laughs) This is literally just what comes out of my brain. (laughs) And there you go. I used to be like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm I'm sure I'm indie. And people are like, no, you're not. And I'm like, sure I am. They're like, you're not though. You're super not. And now I'm like, it's fine. I have accepted this as what my brain likes to make. Well, Autumn, let's give the folks an example of what you produce. What's first? Let's do bells first because it's something I wrote maybe five, six, seven years ago. And like there's a really cool like violin part. It's cool. It's almost a little bit Celtic inspired. You'll like it, I think. (laughs) It came from Autumn Sky Hall's Scout. EP back in 2014. The song is Bells. Oh, I don't want to whisper that fades away when I've put my heart in far too many temporary things. After every heart break you think I would become colder My heart yearns for the bells, the bells, the drums And I won't give up No, I won't give up I can see the fire 
Bells by Autumn Sky Hall. To me, Autumn, it feels like something of an anthem. It feels like someone's got to make this their anthem for sure. Yep, yep. But I'm still wondering what your connection is to bells, because I think of bells in multiple ways. There can be church bells, certainly, but there's cow bells and there's bell choir, handbell choirs, that kind of thing. Are they connected with campfires? I don't know. Where are your bells from? I like to keep a lot of bells personally because I read somewhere that in many cultures to clear the air or to set a positive intention or especially to protect like a space or protect your own person and try to hearken in good energy for the rest of your life. You're supposed to ring a bell to kind of like symbolize it. You can like burn something if you want to do something like that, but also ringing a bell does the same thing. And as I'm somebody who just reverberates on a stronger basis when it comes to things that are more, 
musical and sound based in particular. Bells uh, reverberate a lot to me, as do drums. I used to be in a drumming circle when I was really young. My mom always would take us on dates. My mom and dad would take all the kids in our family on one-on-one dates so that we wouldn't feel like we didn't like have a special time with our parents, especially because they had so many of us. They felt kind of bad that we weren't getting as much one-on-one time as we would if there were like two or three kids. So every once in a while, it would be like myself and my dad date or myself and my mom date. And one time my mom took me to a Chinese restaurant that we loved and it had been shut down. And what was inside when we opened the door was a giant drumming circle led by like all these like different folks in the community. And we're like, we're so hungry, but I think we're going to stay at the drumming circle. And they like let us into it. And like we drummed for ages. Drums are, I just, they're like one of the most spiritual instruments. You know, they can revive your soul, give you courage. I just think they're lovely. I experienced a fair amount of that while I was in Togo when I was in Peace Corps, West Africa. So, yeah, the drums and just the movement to it and such. So there's that kind of drumming. I've also been part of drum circles here that are Native American, that kind. Do you experience both? I mean, out in Sacramento, there's got to be opportunities. Oh, actually, yeah. My mom's best friend is an indigenous woman, and we've been to tons of their events, like up in Shasta. Oh, my God. They're so beautiful. (laughs) But your instrument is the guitar. Mm -hmm. So I was wondering why bells when you've got a guitar. I it feels to me like your fingers dance. Have you had lessons or is this all self-taught or is this every friend gives you a pointer? How's it go? I taught myself, but I also really like to watch people play music. I love to watch videos of people breaking down their process. I mean, I, I watch a lot of folks like Dolly Parton, who like has different patterns for like different things in particular. And at a certain point, I just got so frustrated of only being able to do one thing that I kind of was just like, be creative and like see what happens and i don't know if it's just through like picking things up through watching people or my brain just being like you know this flourish for whatever reason complements what i'm singing so i'm just gonna start doing that maybe it's a mixture of both but yeah i love guitar playing and i used to feel very not competent and these days i'm like oh actually i never gave myself enough credit to knowing these things i was just like oh you know anybody can do this but that's not necessarily true not everybody can do everything and it's cool that this is my niche one of the lines in the song bells is i don't want someone who tells me everything i want and some of the comments i've heard from you over the course of the videos i've watched of you it gives me an idea that you do a lot of therapy through music yeah, thank you. <laughs> Before oh yourself gosh. and others? Yeah, it was like, oh yeah, it's all therapy music. <laughs> I will be thinking about something or processing through something that's going on in my life or processing through something that's just really been on my heart. When I write the songs, it's kind of at the culmination of a point where I think I've like stumbled upon like a big aha moment for me. I'm just like, oh my God, this and this and this all makes sense and that like makes me so relieved and so joyful and like hopeful and like when I'm in those zones breaking through and whatever it is whether it's like something really sad or something like soul reviving like I literally just like sit down write it all up just as much I sometimes will just write a page of just whatever I'm thinking 
And then I'll go back and kind of pick out pieces that feel poetic or like sum it up in a more concise way. Because that can be obviously, as you can see, kind of wordy. <laughs> I'll go back over my wordiness and be like, you, 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 and I'll ding in one little piece. Well, people want to see another example. What can we share next? I'll give you something brand new. This is a song called LA and nobody's heard it but y'all. How can they not have heard it? Um, wait, no, I, I think I saw a video of it. It's not out yet, but I think there's probably video of me performing it. Right, that's what I was thinking at Blue Note Brewing about a month ago. Mm -hmm. That was fun. And for this song in particular, L.A., you comment that after therapy and some breakthroughs, this song came out. Mm -hmm. So, again, you're in Sacramento. You've lived a lot of different places around California, but why L.A.? L.A. is in the musician's world and community, just like New York or Chicago. It's kind of like musician heaven, or everybody like thinks of it as like the place to go. Everyone's like, oh, I'm going to L.A. for a little bit. And everyone's like, oh, my gosh, congratulations. Hope you have a good time. Everybody talks about it as like this epic place that you'll someday go and will finally be it's like the road to El Dorado and I kind of use that as like a metaphor for just where I was at the song is basically about finding comfort in the people around you and being able to feel comfortable in your own skin whether that is by yourself whether that is with other folks in your life and having some sense of understanding, compassion, and forgiveness for yourself as a young person as you, like, tried to learn. And all of that can be shortened down to two letters. L-A. Oh, the worst thing I ever done Was try to get someone Who hated me To love me And the worst thing I ever did was try to sew a thing in a plot I knew was empty But now I think I understand what it may take To love without sacrificing me picture that we
guest today for Song of the Soul is Autumn Sky Hall. She's joining us from Sacramento, California. When you want to track her down, there's a couple different ways. I've got the links, of course, on northernspiritradio.org. One good place to find her is on Facebook at Autumn Sky Songs. That's one place. And, of course, Bandcamp. You can find Autumn Sky at bandcamp.com. Again, Northern Spirit Radio is communication central for you to track down autumn. This is Song of the Soul. NordenSpiritRadio.org is our website. 17 years of our guests, both musicians of Song of the Soul and our activists for our Spirit in Action program. Links to them. Track it all down on our site. Remember to post comments on the interviews after you've heard them. Also, you can consider donating via our support menu. So just help us out if you can. And remember to support your local community radio stations. They're so wonderful. Such incredible local music, local connection, local issues that you just don't get on the mass media in the United States. So please help them out. Autumn Sky Hall is here. We just were in L.A. with her. And one of the things that struck me is you described some of the healing, the insights that you got, Autumn. And one line was, to love without sacrificing me. And there's a line that I just shared with someone recently because my wife and I, we lived together for some years before getting married. We kept moving towards getting married. I became clear and ready. We went through a clearness process with our Quaker meeting. And then she pulled out for a couple months. And what made the difference is we took a workshop, Imago Relationship Therapy, Getting the Love You Want is a book that people might know. She stayed at my place that night and she said, Mark, I now know that I can have our relationship and I can have me. Will you marry? And I don't know if you got that point that far. I mean, uh, you know, you don't need to rush into these things, but... To love without sacrificing me. Do you think you've learned how to do that? Yeah. (laughs) It's interesting because I definitely come from, I mean, I was raised in a church background and there are certain things that I kind of just picked up from folks around me subconsciously. I was the oldest of seven kids, so I've always been a big helper. I help people that's my ammo. That's who I thought of myself as a person. And there was very little separation from me being like a helper and my sense of self. And that's all good. But also too much helping can be a way to like keep yourself at arm's length from people, a way from keeping yourself from being truly vulnerable and trusting and 
too much helping can basically put you in a place where you're not putting yourself at a high enough priority, doing everything for somebody so that they'll like you, as opposed to being able to just be present and be comfortable and not have to feel like you owe somebody in a relationship something so that they can give you love. You know, you should be able to meet somebody here and be like, we'll always have our humans ups and downs, but like I see you as an individual and I like that like you have your own time and I have my own time. Like we can still be healthy for each other. Well, I'm glad that you've gone far enough to learn that, to have your self-compassion. Matter of fact, about a year ago, the Quaker meeting here was doing a study and the person who wrote the book commented that peacemaking and peace efforts are not correlated with self-esteem being taught, but with self-compassion being taught. Mm -hmm. Yep. It sounds like you've learned that really valuable step towards peace. It's tough. It's very tough. You spend a lot of, and they're like, okay, you got to feel your emotions. And I was like, what does that mean? They're like, you got to cry. I'm like, well, (laughs) (laughs) great. But it's worth it. It's worth it to get in a good pattern. I just feel like I don't have a lot of time. Nobody really does. So if I can get any semblance at any point in my life where like I feel like I'm doing the best I can and like giving the most I can, not be right, but just to be compassionate. Well, I'm glad you found that. And People would like to find some more of the music of Autumn Sky Hall. What's next? We're going to do Me, Us, and You. This is a newer one, and I wrote it for friends of mine that have come out to shows for, like, I think at least 10 or more years. Their first date was, like, at a show that I played when we were all really young. And they got engaged and I played at their wedding and they had kids and I played at their christenings and we've just been around each other for a very long time. They had a 10 year anniversary and I wrote this song for that. So it's in memory and because of them. Beautiful song. And you can just imagine asking Autumn Sky to create the song for your life changes. The song is Me, Us and You. I remember it like it was yesterday We moved in to a house Sitting on to being away All the babies learned How to walk Following twins Was a Ten years have passed My roots have turned gray And your beard's growing back But i do it all again If I had the chance to say Yes to all At home I learned the way you were alone. 
caring father, carry indoors, shut down the hole, and when the doctor says twins, how white you are in the blink of an eye, ten years have passed, my roots have turned green, and your beard's growing back, but I do it all again if I had the chance to say yes to all that, yes the chance to say yes to all that. The song is Me, Us, and You. The artist is Autumn Sky. Track her down on Facebook. It's Autumn Sky Songs. Mm-hmm. The links are on nordenspiritradio.org. You said, Autumn, that they engaged you to write the song. Are you sure it wasn't one of them engaged you and wanted to surprise the other one? That's what yeah, I Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Yeah, Tanya messaged me and basically sent me like a bunch of poetry that she'd written about everybody. And I tried to find ways that would rhyme and fit and not be too, no schlocky, nothing (laughs) like that. I just wanted it to come off like very simple. I've been listening to a lot of Dawes, actually. A lot of Dawes, who's like really great at writing folk with really good room for lyrics to breathe. So that was definitely a good timing thing for me. Cause I'm like, Oh, I should try and write like a, a song that's got like good space for things to like roam around in. And this song was the first one where I really like got a chance to use that. So yeah. Thank you. Dawes. <laughs> have you heard them by the way? They're no, awesome. No, I haven't. They have a band. They, sorry. They have a song called all your favorite bands. And it's your favorite song and you don't even know it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm willing to be educated. He's sitting there like, go listen to Jaws. (laughs) And we're like, please listen to my my music, but also go listen to Jaws. So folks, after you master the full repertoire of Autumn Sky Hall, then maybe you'll go on to Jaws. I have a deep metaphysical question for you. Is your hair black, brown, whatever, or is it red? I saw videos with you with red hair, long red hair, and I'm not sure that's what I'm seeing right now. No, it's not at all. My hair is brown. (laughs) But uh, I, when I was in high school, honestly, I was listening to a lot of Tori Amos. And she has this song that I would listen to over and over where she describes dyeing her hair red because she's trying to be more creative. So every time I would listen to the album, I'd be like, you know what I'm going to do? Dye my hair red so I can be more creative. And everyone's like, why is your hair red? I'm like, clearly you don't listen to Tori Amos. (laughs) 
Well, the thing is, when I saw the videos of you with the red hair, it looked completely natural. Most people who I see have dyed red hair. It doesn't look real. Yours looked real. That's funny because, yeah, my dad has red hair and my grandpa has red hair. So, like, folks with red hair exist in my family. Like, my brother had bright red hair when he was born. So, yeah, it's not far off is what I will say. So, it, it wasn't super difficult. Time-consuming, though. Like... I remember there was a certain point where I just would wake up every day and be like, I have too much hair. This has become a burden. <laughs> it's heavy. It's weighing down my entire person. <laughs> it's sweaty and hot. And like, I don't think I can take one more summer where I have to like think three hours in advance, just to like figure out how to survive. <laughs> It's basically like wearing like a giant winter coat or a very large scarf just all the time. Well, I do want to get in all the music that we can. What's next for Song of the Soul? Let's do Perfect Example of. It's one of the oldest cuts that I have. It's literally self-recorded in a living room. And it's got the dancing guitar. I mean, again, I have the feeling that when you're on the guitar, the same motions that are gesticulating in the air, mm -hmm. you're dancing on the guitar in the same way. Mm -hmm. So again, what's behind the perfect example of? It's, it's old. You've got a lot of therapy you haven't done yet. Yeah. <laughs> so I was listening to a lot of Cat Stevens. who writes a lot of stuff that's like sharp and cutting. And his sad songs are very sad. <laughs> and this is a song about feeling like you're just in the same space as another person and not as close as you wish you were. And kind of the breakdown of a relationship and every feeling that goes into that. Perfect example of by Autumn Sky Hall. I'm not close enough yet to the person I know you are deep down I'm not close enough yet, but I'm betting that I'll find out I'll bet you all that's inside will make me want to Maybe turn me mad, but I won't turn back. You're a perfect example of someone who's too messed up for anyone to love, at least anyone saying. Still I don't find myself deterred Cause I know I'm not like her I can find beauty in puddles of rain No, I'm not close enough yet To the secrets you hide so deep and I'm not close enough yet like the pillow beneath you 
example of by autumn sky and i'm still left with the question autumn whether that relationship that you're talking about is with yourself or with someone else i mean i imagine you're going through both i think you had to learn how to relate to yourself in order to be in another relationship but (laughs) at this one you know who's a perfect example of is this you or is this someone else did you learn it from someone else Maybe both. I think in that space, I was writing about trying to change somebody's trajectory. But I could help you with all this stuff. Or like, I can be there for you. Let me know if you want me to be there for you. And struggling as that person like dips and is inconsistent or is going through a lot of things that can't necessarily be fixed with an easy fix. I think that's a big thing in relationships that I've had. It can always be very frustrating and almost painful to see somebody else in pain and not really be able to figure out anything. And I think that's the biggest open-ended like pain is to be like, I know you're struggling 
And for whatever reason, you're not able to get to a place where you could figure it out and you're just continuing to struggle, continuing to be so sad. You care for this person so much. You know, they're your friend. And it's uh, it's one of like the most hopeless feelings that you can have for sure. And like, it's definitely one of those things where I'm always like, you know, kind of is what it is sometimes. And like, not everybody can reach things in the timing that you want them to reach things. Some folks really do have to figure things out for themselves. And that might not be while they're friends with you. It might not be while you're in each other's lives. It might be later on down the road. And that's their own journey. That's their own lesson. And like, again, you can't, you can be like, I could do all these things for you. But like, in actuality, you can't do anything for somebody else. They really have to decide it and want it for themselves first. I find that in U.S. society, we do it very differently for those who are identified as females, those who are identified as males. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to, as a female, fix the other person. I have an older sister, right? My mother and father produced seven kids together also. And I have an older sister who cared for all of us youngers. I'm the second. I'm male. I don't have to fix for everyone. I'm supposed to protect the women, of course, because right, I'm right, a male. Right. But I really don't feel the same. I think it's easier for me to say, well, sucks to be you. <laughs> I don't think that probably comes native to someone like Autumn Sky. No, there are definitely the seven waves of grief before I'm like, okay, I really got to scoot. And uh, yeah, it really just comes down to boundaries now and self-preservation is I'm only one person and it's not my job to fix other people. I'm not even qualified to fix other people. That's not my job description. <laughs> I was like, I watch babies. I'm, I can't be, I can't be all these things. So like at a certain point, you just, you do have to draw a line, but it takes people who were not born into that subconsciously, definitely takes us some time to get into a spot where we can advocate for ourselves and be mostly, I, I just think about like, I think about baby me now and I'm like, would I ask like little kid me to do this for this person? I'm like, no, that'd be inappropriate. I'm like, cool. Well, then I'm not. I'm not doing it. And that makes it a little bit better. I'm like, look, I'm just protecting myself the way that like I needed protection this whole time. And I, I deserve that the same as you deserve it. And that helps me a little bit not feel like it's the end of the world to put up those boundaries. And in fact, sometimes I think it preserves friendships. I understand that your day job, or maybe it's night job, I don't know which way this works, is as a nanny. <laughs> it's a day and a night job. <laughs> I work with kids. So mm -hmm. where does that fit with your music life? I'm trying to figure out, you know, maybe it's after the babies go to bed that you get to go off and regale the world with your music. So I wrote My Anxious Brain, My Broken Heart when I was on a lunch break while a baby was down for a nap. <laughs> And like I'll practice like when they're sleeping or, you know, sometimes after work or sometimes we'll all be like singing or making up songs and I'll just be like boop, record and it's fun. I love working with kids. It actually is the reason why I feel so balanced. I did music full time for a second and it just was very difficult for me. It was a lot of well, I was basically doing shows just to be able to pay rent, you know. So the shows were different and the audiences were different. 
and me having something else to fall back into and bounce back to that's completely separate is great because now I have the opportunity to pick and choose shows where like I know that the audience and I are gonna really love each other like you don't want to drop into a place where folks are eating dinner and having their birthday celebration and then have me be in the background hey I'm on sky let's run music like you have to be like quiet and classy and just play in the background and be cool with being in the background so yeah it gives me time to sleep gives me time to be just person-y person doing person things And then I can go play shows that are like more art minded and that I set up and plan in advance for myself. Here it is. Autumn sky, my anxious brain and my broken heart. My anxious brain and my broken heart. Called to meet at the covered door. Which took its place. to love even open up and I can't work when I get in this steep yeah can't wait until I graduate Sky is here today for Song of the Soul, sharing her songs of the soul, including that one, My Anxious Brain and My Broken Heart. 
clearly a moving song. Uh, there's so much about relationships that you're going through in every song that I've heard of yours. I haven't heard any of your songs at all about metaphysics or on bridge construction. Uh, <laughs> I'm kind of thinking that is not. I mean, maybe you write those songs too, but that's not what you chose to share for Song of the Soul. This song in particular is about just myself. This is a song about anxiety and depression <laughs> and having both at the same time and finding it very difficult to function, just base function. There was definitely a point like a couple of years ago where I just felt like everything was just more of the same and everything fun kind of lost its luster and I was stuck in some real anxiety, some real depression I sat down at a table and was thinking about this. And I imagined my anxiety as a person. And I imagined my broken heart, my depression as a person. In my brain, I was like, sit down at a table, hash it out, get it out. Like, it's been too long, just avoiding each other. Like, sit down at the table, work it out, find a truth, find some source of compromise or like, we can't keep going the way we've been going and then I was like ding and then just wrote the whole thing down and it was a really nice way to process those emotions I sometimes think that songs can be spells or incantations and this is the spell of breaking through anxiety and depression so every time I sing it, I break through anxiety and depression. And I remind myself it's possible to break through my anxiety and depression. And I'm like, we're doing it again. And I'm trying, and I'm trying, and I'm trying, and I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, so this is a big, meaningful one for me. I really love it. So again, that song, My Anxious Brain and My Broken Heart. By the way, did you graduate in the song, you know, from this stage? You're going to try and graduate. Uh, yeah, this one was uh, a reference to being in high school. And I did graduate. Actually, uh, I went back to homeschooling and graduated early and went to vocal class at the local community college and got into vocal jazz and in a blues jazz folk ensemble. It was very fun. Time of my life. Yes, I did graduate. <laughs> okay, well, but in the song, you're saying about I want to graduate from this state. So you, when you got out of high school, you graduated from that state? Yeah, definitely. I thought that high school was going to be the rest of the world. And I came from a very sheltered homeschooled background. And I went to school for the first time in high school. And it was very tough and very different. And I had no social skills. And I didn't know how to talk to people. And I didn't know how to be friends. And nobody knew how to talk to or be friends with me. And I felt so sad. And I felt like it was going to be forever. And getting into school after that, getting into community college, oh my God, night and day. Because high school is just a mix of everybody. You know, not everybody's going to be up your alley. Most people aren't going to. But in school, especially if you're there for something very specific, like it was just a room full of folks who just love music. It was so freeing and so sweet, and everyone was so kind and so caring, night and day. It was very beautiful. There's a lot of beauty in all of your songs, but we only have time for one more. How shall we conclude your song of the soul? This is a song called I Woke Up. 
I wrote it in kind of like a Fleetwood Mac meets heart style. And I wrote it with some of my favorite musicians and all of the community here. Everybody on this record means a lot to me, musically speaking and in the community. So there you go. And we're going to conclude your song of the soul with it. I'm sure there's a little bit more piece of your wisdom, of your experience, of your heart that you want to send us off with. What is that last essence of Autumn Sky that we're going to send off? I hope that you're around folks that make you feel comfortable enough to be in your body, present with the people around you. And I hope that they make you feel safe enough to know that who you are and who you're born as is exactly the way you're supposed to be and that you are perfect and beautiful and you deserve love. And now she's going to sing a little bit of variety of that. <laughs> no, I'm crying. <laughs> and this final song from Autumn Sky is I Woke Up. Released the song right before the pandemic hit. And now it's become a favorite of all of the people in the circle there in Sacramento. I wish I could sit in the audience with you, be part of your emoting and your dancing there on screen with your guitar and in your body. Thanks so much for joining me today for Song of the Soul. Thank you. Thank you so much. And again, when you want to track down Autumn Sky on Facebook, it's Autumn Sky Songs. And on Bandcamp, it's Autumn Sky The links are on northernspiritradio.org. Enjoy yourself with I Woke Up and Autumn Sky, and we'll see you next week for Song of the Soul.
Music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it is called Song of the Soul. Check out all things Song of the Soul on northernspiritradio.org, guests, links, stations, and a place for your feedback, suggestions, and support. Send your Songs of the Soul to me, Mark Helpsmeet, via the info on our website, and join us weekly for Song of the Soul.